0: You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. This is Dwight Sandoz with Rural Advancement, and today I'm talking to Denny Curran, pastor in Cold Spring, Minnesota. Welcome, Denny. Good to be here, Dwight but could you just give us a little overview about your ministry? I believe 27 years in Cold Spring. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, it's about 26, 27 years. We, uh, we felt uh, kind of a call and a roundabout way to plant a church here in Cold Spring, which is, they tell me, the third highest concentration of Catholics in the world. We weren't well received here, but uh, after a while, we got some traction and, and things started going well. After six months here, we planted our first church up in Glenwood, Minnesota. About a year and a half after that, we planted our second church. I think about another year after that, we planted our third church. About every other year or every two years, we planted a church. And now we're planting another one. We had a break there for a while. We have one church that we just uh, really struggled with, Annandale. And uh, it was off and on, off and on. And Sartell was off and on, off and on. So uh, now Sartell is running over a 1,000 people. But it almost came to a point where they're going to close it down. Uh, So, you know, it's a... Some good years, uh, we're now we're planting a church in Pelican Rapids and uh, just looking for uh, somebody who is ambitious, somebody who's willing to take a risk and is, is excited about a journey of faith. And boy, we've got, uh, we've got a nice community, resort community up there in northwestern Minnesota,
0: Pelican Rapids. Well, there's such a need to plant churches in rural communities. And, and as you and I have talked, rural is now growing. Uh, most pastors I talk to today say you can't buy property in their rural town.
1: Yeah, I think rural areas, uh, I think when there's where there's a county seat or some type of government agency and where there's uh, kind of a resort atmosphere, those are the ones that are really growing. But uh, some of the towns that don't have those things, they're the ones where the churches are closing, the schools are closing, the communities. Yeah, so th- it depends. It depends on your economy, what you have for an economy. Of course, Cold Spring's growing because we're resort-based. We had a resort-based community, lots of recreation
0: And you're somewhat of a bedroom community off from uh, St. Cloud, aren't you? St. Cloud, that helps too. Yeah, that helps as well. Uh, Talk to us about social media. Not too long ago, you visited with uh, me and some of our students that social media is becoming a major draw to your church. Could you fill us in a little bit about that?
1: Well, uh, we're going to call it market. Uh, media marketing, which covers all the social media. That's really important to us. uh, And things have changed over the years. As you have seen, since I began ministry till the time of right now, I've had to change uh, styles or things three different times. The generation coming to ministry today, by the time they reach retirement, they'll have to change five times. So one of the things that we, uh, we saw as a big draw for us is we got people excited about church, and they invited their friends. And because it's a Catholic community, they invited their family, and the family wasn't two or three kids, it was, it was 12 or 13 kids. You know, so uh, people came in response to an invitation by somebody who got excited about the Lord or excited about the church. But today it's different. That's probably the number two point of entry into the church. Right now, our market media marketing is, uh, we figured yesterday, as we looked at the figures, over 90% of our people. Come because of market media or media marketing. We we track the people that come. Uh, they'll find a, they'll sign a visitors card or we call it a connect card. Sunday morning, I get that card sometime in the afternoon, and by evening, I'll try to call everyone that's come to church. They'll say uh, I was invited by a friend, but I first checked you out of social media before I came. So those two work hand in hand. So people are still inviting. But people aren't going to just jump into our church they're going to they're going to check us out they're going to see what our ratings or reviews are what people are rating us uh, so that's a big deal to us today and then there's people that move to town from outside of the area that don't know anybody and are looking for a church and they'll go right to social media. I just, I just bought a part for my Dodge Durango and I went to Amazon and looked at the reviews and see what the reviews are. And I chose that product or the company that sold that product by the reviews. So that's a big deal, uh, how, how people are seeing you. And uh again, these are questions that we'll ask them at that Sunday night call after they've been here for the first time. What drew you here? Uh and most of them will say you're marketing through media. And uh what did you think? You know, so what did you feel about the church? What was uh what was your uh, initial impression? And and boy, they gave us some pretty good some pretty good information back. So market marketing through media has
0: been a huge I was recently visiting with a leader and a parishioner said to this leader the first thing we need to do is get rid of that camera in our church because that's no help to us at all. Uh, what would you say to a leader to encourage them how to, how to address something of that nature?
1: Well, I think your vision plays a big part in it. That's a, of course, we all had that. Everybody wants change as long as they don't have to do it. You know, So when, you, when you're going to change, I will talk to very few church people especially the older generation that don't want to see people come to Christ. This generation likes the atmosphere. They like a the little haze, a little low light. And, and so I'll try to expand the, the whole picture, the whole vision and what's going on and that there are people at home that can't come to church because they're shut-ins or they've got uh, health issues. Uh, they're elderly or they're checking us out. People want to, they want to test the water before they dive in. And, and we've had to, we've had to have those conversations with people. That said, you know, why are we, why are we videotaping our services, but it's been very few. And after they've sat down at either an annual meeting or with me, and we've shared the whole vision of reaching this generation, a generation that, that is response to to media and to social media and really find themselves feeling comfortable when you can create a good atmosphere.
0: That's very helpful. So which, uh, which things, if a pastor is just venturing a little bit and their church is looking towards that, where's a good place to begin?
1: I would, I would get somebody who would uh, understand Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Now, Some of the younger ones say, well, there's nobody under 50 on Facebook. That's not true. Uh, there are still people there. And the reason I use Facebook is just to, as, a, as a directory to find out. I get a name. I want to see the picture. I want to see who they are. But uh, of course, Twitter and uh, Instagram have become a a big venue for us. Uh, TikTok. uh, We tried TikTok. I think we got off that because there was too many sketchy things on there, but YouTube, I would tell them to, to start on Twitter and Instagram, which automatically kicks over some of it to Facebook and say, listen, have somebody help you develop a profile for your church on one of those. And then, and then, Make it so that all three of them can see that profile. But if they're not familiar with it, I would, like, I'm not, uh, on how to do that. I would have somebody who is very skilled because your first impression, anywhere, whether they walk into your building or where they walk into your social media, is an important thing. You only get one chance to make that good first impression. So make sure your social media is done well and done right. Start with Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, and then have all of them speak to each other. That's what I would do. I'd go out and find somebody to do that.
0: And, and the probably is someone in the church or certainly in their community that's quite familiar.
1: Probably a fifth grader. <laughs> you know, we do we that rural pastors conference and I usually invite younger, younger pastors, usually their first ministry and our first senior pastor position. And I had a, an older guy call me, i older, 55, and he wanted to come. And I said, no, I don't think you would do well. And he said, I really need something, and, and I, I'd like to come. Well, I had someone cancel me, so I called and said, if you and your wife want to come, then come on up. So they came, and the, we grade their, uh, we go on there and grade their website, and we don't, I don't do it. We hire somebody to come in, pay them $100 a website, and they they just kind of grade it and go through what they need to do and what how they can improve it. And he got an F <laughs> the company gave an R. and uh, he was so hurt over that. So we talked to him about that. We had the conversation. I said, listen, you, you've got to make a good first impression. And he went home and a couple of young people came to him the following Wednesday and said, we're college kids. We're real good with computers. Computers. Is there anything you'd like us to do? He thought I sent him and I didn't send him. You know? So we don't <laughs> know who he is. So he says, yeah, make me a good website. And then they opened up his website and they asked him who, who made the website. And he said, he told him who it was. He said, they didn't do a very good job. So they, they put together a first class website. And the following Wednesday, somebody called new to town, two adults, five kids, seven people said they called him off of his website. But he didn't know that. He said, we're new in town. We'd like to look at your church. You have things for kids. He said, yeah, tonight. So yeah. So we, they came and, and the kids were all in the programs. They all left came back Sunday, went to church on Sunday. And afterwards he said, what made you choose my church out of all the other churches? And they said, you have a good website.
0: And and oftentimes the website's not the first place they look, but they follow some social media stream to the website.
1: Oh, right. You know, they'll Google who you are. Churches in Cold Spring, churches in central Minnesota. And there's going to be, it's going to be ways where when they Google that, you can be right at the top. You can be the number one search.
0: And if I'm correct, one of your staff pastors today spends most of the, their time doing web connections and social media?
1: Yeah, he sets, there's one that sets us up so that we, uh, we have the platforms. And, uh, and then there's a couple that work together with uh, live streaming. And then one of our secretaries does all the marketing stuff, everything we put on our app or everything we put on our website or any social media. She does that marketing.
0: But a church doesn't have to have paid staff to begin.
1: No, no you
0: wouldn't. So no. there, there's probably volunteers like those college students. Yeah. who if if we engage them may have a strong interest in helping us.
1: Yeah, and and if if you don't, you know, you could you could even uh make an appeal. If you have a college nearby, anyone want want to set up a website and then your people would get on board, even take a small offering. Uh it's from what I heard here, it's not that difficult to do.
0: Well it doesn't take me very long to tell you more than I know about social media and web things however it's it's a part of our world today that we must embrace well uh just one last thing you not only do a great job with church and uh planting and multiplication and your church is a great giver in the area of missions you you also you mentioned pastors conferences and for rural pastors uh, how often do you do these conferences and
1: we try to do them once a year uh you know the last couple of years we've been off uh COVID knocked the one out last year and the year before we had an issue with the with the resort that we rent and uh, I've tried to do it when we initially started it to help young pastors who are taking their first senior pastor position It may have been a children's pastor or youth pastor an associate and now they've hopped into a rural setting and they're senior pastor of a church that many of them have no clue what to do what I did is I took all the things that, that I was frustrated with or intimidated with when I took my first senior pastor position I didn't realize the, the pressure I didn't realize especially in the rural area that many times you're you're feeling all alone there's nobody to talk to you know so uh, we've had issues in our family with one of our kids having health issues but well, we had to we had to battle that within ourselves so when we created the rural pastors conference we had a lot of different uh objectives that we wanted to see happen and and uh, we wanted to teach them how to have vision how to speak that vision who is the first person you want to talk to about the vision and how to get the vision from your heart to the pew you know to the heart of your people so that's the big thing how to pray and fast is another big thing and it's important especially in the rural area and the day we live with today that we tap the supernatural and we aren't going to do that without prayer and the holy spirit so we talked to him about that we talked to them about uh, um, um, connecting with other pastors and when they leave the the rural pastor, it's a five-day event, and the fifth day, what we do is we kind of watch and see who makes the connections, so we've got 12 couples, 24 people, and we we connect four groups of three people, and when they leave, we give them a book. They've got the month of August, we give them off, but on September, they've got to read that book that has something to do with pastoring or a rural pastor, rural ministry topic, and at the end of the month, they have those three couples, not just the pastor, but the three, husband and wife, read the book together. They meet somewhere, usually like we're doing here on Zoom, and they talk about how the book touched three areas of their life, their ministry, their marriage, or themselves personally. And then they talk about that. And uh, one of our first group, we follow them up that September, they get six months to get a book every month. We follow up in, in December and we ask them the question, has anything changed within the last six months within your church? And we get some great feedback from most, not all, but most of them. Those who follow our program, every one of them, 100%. Those who don't follow the program or don't connect, rarely do we see anyone have any change within their church. So we're we're looking to to see them connect. And they've had things happen to them like we had happen to us. One of them had a miscarriage. Uh, So uh, we've got a group text. they text and say, I need prayer. My wife just had a miscarriage. And one of the pastors gave his wife the pulpit that Sunday. He ran over, told the couple to get out, get out of town, find a motel and just heal up and he'll take his pulpit. So they had people to connect with him. Another one texted us right away Sunday morning. He said, "My what my, the doctor said, my wife is bleeding after a pregnancy and they can't stop it. She's got five minutes left to live. And all of us began to pray. I stopped my service. Everyone else did the same thing on that group text, stopped our services, had prayer and miraculously the bleeding stopped. The mother's still alive today so people are connecting they have people to do ministry with they've changed the look of their sanctuary they pulled pews they've redid their background on the platform or they've redone their platforms they have just made their churches look more attractive and those are just a few of the things we talk about in real pastoring but it's been nice to see some of the people and progress they've made
0: Well, thank you for your time. Uh, Thanks for investing in rural ministry. Thanks for being there in one town, planting multiple churches, uh, giving generously to missions, and just teaching people to love Jesus. Great to have Denny Curran from Cold Spring, Minnesota with us. Uh, This is Rural Advancement. Thanks for listening.